0: Take your Bibles this morning, if you will, please, as you were there with uh, Derek a little earlier and turn to Romans 12. We're going to be kind of all over our Bibles this morning, so kind of keep it on your lap there or your device there where you can get to it. Today in this service and the next, Derek and I are going to be sharing a burden of our heart uh, for our church family. Uh, We are living in some hard times with this pandemic, uh, and it has deprived us of a great deal of our fellowship, our our togetherness. Uh, this is tremendous. We've had probably this morning going to have one of the largest attendance we've had in this early service, and so we're just so thankful for that. But we have missed being together. Uh, we have missed being able to shake hands, give hugs, be right with one another, sit down and hold one of those and pray for matters and all these things. We've missed this fellowship. The, our online has been great, But it's designed as a temporary fix to get us over until we can all be back together again. It's not an end in itself. We're so thankful that we've been able to do this. And our media team, hats off, they have done just a phenomenal job to make that happen while still keeping things going uh, here in the worship service as well. What Derek and I want to do is we want to focus on two things as we go through a series of messages here. Uh, First of all, we want to focus on the great value that fellowship really is. And and the fellowship flows out of of a word in in the Bible that really is most often translated one another. And we've got over a hundred references to one another in the Bible. And we're going to look at a lot of those as this series goes on. But this, the main thing we want you to see is that the New Testament plan for being the church is being together. And it's doing the one another's to one another. So We're going to have a phrase that we're going to introduce to you that what we're about is one anothering one another. And I know that would probably get an F in English class, but we're going to try to squeeze it by here in church. We want to be practicing one another in one another. And when we do that, we are better together. The Scriptures make that abundantly clear, that the church of Jesus Christ is designed to be together. It's designed to be community. And so this morning, we're just going to give you a little bit of an overview uh, of that. Now here's the dilemma. The dilemma is we're called on to do one another's to one another. And to do that best, we need to be together, and yet a great part of our congregation cannot be here. So we've got to get creative. We've got to really start thinking and scratching our noggins. How can we one another one another when we're not always together together? Now, uh, that confuses some of you too. Uh, Derek and I have been practicing these tongue twisters for several weeks now, so we're getting pretty good at it. Together, together comes from Acts chapter 2 and verse 44. Where the church is just getting started, and it talks about all of those who were were saved that day. And it says, and they were together in one place, and they were together in one mind. Uh, Dr. Luke uses two words that's translated together, and he uses them side by side. Literally, it says in the Greek, and they were together, together. And one word means together in one place, and the other one means together in one heart and mind. And they were together in one place, they were together in one heart and mind. Well, we can't all be together in one place right now. But we have been, and I've been encouraging you to be together in one mind and heart at the same time. So a springboard verse that kind of is going to give us an opportunity to kind of introduce this is Romans chapter 12 and verse 5. Let's read it yet again. It's very short. Paul writes, So we being many, are one body in Christ. And pay attention to this, and individually members of one another. Members of one another. That's what I want to focus on this morning. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, come and dwell with us and just just take your word and take your heart and expose it to us today. Call us forth even more to be the church that you want us to be right now in this crazy time. This didn't take you by surprise. Nothing about this pandemic shook you off your throne, not even for a moment. Your church, throughout all of its years, has gone through tremendous times of adversity. Times of persecution when we were driven deep, deep underground. Times through plagues that we had to find a way to minister to one another's even when the concern for sickness was so high. Historically, Holy Spirit, you have always enabled your people to be creative and to find ways to one another, one another, even when it's hard. Holy Spirit, we ask for that creativity to be upon us. To help us to find new and unique ways. That we can carry out all those one another's. Love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, admonish one another. All of the one another's. Lord, show us how we can one another one another. Even when we can't be together together. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. We are better together we are better together than we are individually we are better together than we are even in small groups we are better together when we can gather together in one place and in one mind that can't always happen and we're in that time right now let me say right now for those of you who can't be with us for those of you who have uh, very compromised immune systems for those of you who because of a pre-existing conditions you're just a prime candidate to come down with this Let me just say to you, we love you and we miss you. And this is not to put any guilt on you. You are right where you need to be right now. And so because we love you so much, we're trying to do everything we can to broadcast the life of our church right there into your home and the heart of your people and God's presence right into your home. But God's plan has always been for His people to be together. And we are better together. And this is replete throughout the New Testament. It is, you can hardly open a page in your New Testament and not see these word pictures of togetherness. We're, we're spoken of as a body. We're spoken of as a bride. We're spoken of as a priesthood. We're spoken of as a temple. We're spoken of as a, a household. We're spoken of as a family. All of these are pictures of of how we really relate to one another, and we are better together. We're designed to live in community with one another. And one of the things that have just shaken us to our core during this pandemic, especially during the time that we had to, to be isolated and being in our homes and not get out at all, was it severed a cord that has been a lifeline for us we have always maximized fellowship but we really kicked that into high gear right after the first of the year that we were focusing on intentional personal fellowship with one another and God was blessing that tremendously and then here comes the old COVID okay? or as uh, our our youth minister says uh, Aunt Corona and Uncle COVID and all 19 of their youngins that's that they come along that family come along and and impact, the impact we felt so much and the impact we're still feeling now is in our not being to be together. The gospel is still going forward. Our missionaries, by your, because of your generosity, are still doing everything they've been called to do. And, and we're able to impact our local community uh, from the medical community right on down uh, to the people in the street that need food. We've been able to do that. We have not shut our doors, praise God. We've been able to keep going safely, very carefully. I mean, you, you, there's a different smell and aroma this church has now than it did before COVID hit. <laughs> uh, because we fogged this place and cleaned it down so every every day. But all of this came to a halt. And we've kind of piecemealed along during this period of time. And we've, we've sent out extra videos. We've done a lot of things. We've tried to maintain that. Now we need to maximize our one-anotherness. Because the Scripture says here, we're better together. We're better together. And the Scriptural basis for this is right here in Romans chapter 12 and verse 5. We are of one another. We're the same body, the same members of the same family, ministers in the same priesthood, serving in the same temple, married to the same husband, part of the same household. We are all in this together. We are of one another another. The scripture tells us that we share a common spiritual DNA because we're born again into the family of God. We're made a part of His body, the church. We are as different as we can possibly be, but we share this common spiritual DNA. To illustrate that, Paul did a couple of things. Paul, Peter, both did a couple of things in their writing. In Ephesians chapter 2, you don't have to turn there. Let me read this over you, though. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 16, he illustrates this by talking about Jews and Gentiles. No two more divergent people groups has ever been than Jews and Gentiles. And look what he says. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off, he's talking about the Gentiles here, have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. For he himself is our peace, who is made of both one. Mm. Because he has broken down the middle wall of separation or partition, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments, Contained in ordinances, and here's what he's doing, so as to create in himself one new man, and from the two, thus making peace, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, their body putting to death the enmity. What is he saying? God has taken some two of the most divergent people groups you could imagine, brought them both to faith In God through Christ, and then slung them together in the body, put them together in the church. And in order to do that, he has to call them to a special way of life. When you're different, living together in the same family is something that takes some work. Okay? Think about when you were first married. All right? getting used to being married and the way things worked, all right? Now, I spent the last couple of years of my high school career before I went off to college living with my grandparents, and they spoiled me considerably, all right? And so when I came in, I would walk out of my and walk out of my shirt and walk out of everything and leave it just right where I walked out of it. And grandmother would come around and she would pick it up and she would, and then miraculously they reappeared all folded and clean in my drawers. You know, that didn't happen when I got married. Still, <laughs> still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> no, that. There's some things you have to get used to when you're going to be in one family. When you're going to serve in one priesthood. There are concessions you have to... And and that's what the one another's are. This is how you forgive for one another. You pray for one another. All the one another's come together. They are the glue that holds the family together. They're the commands that, that were given through the Word of God that tells us how to do life together how we get to be together together without divorcing one another (laughs) without snatching one another's hair out and so we're going to be looking at these one another's learning how to do one another one another and in the process find out how we're so much better together sometimes it overwhelms me what God has done for me and I was trying to put words to that over the weekend And as I was having my devotions, one part of my devotional time is, uh, I I read Upwards, and that's from uh, Max Licato. And he had a, a couple of paragraphs that just, I mean, he's a wordsmith. I just love the way he works with words. Can I read this to you? When we come to Christ, God not only forgives us, He adopts us through a dramatic series of events. We go from being condemned orphans with no hope to adopted children with no fear. Here's how it happens. You come before the judgment seat of God, full of rebellion and mistakes. Because of His justice, He cannot dismiss your sin. But because of His love, He cannot dismiss you. So in an act which stunned heaven, He punished Himself on the cross. For your sins. God's justice and love are equally honored. And you, God's creation, are forgiven. But the story doesn't end with God's forgiveness. It would be enough if God just cleansed your name, but He does more. He gives you His name. It would be enough if God just set you free. But He does more. He takes you home. To the great house of God. To be your father, and Jesus be your elder brother, and all the saints your family. Well, I wish I could have said that, so I just read it instead, okay? That's, that's That's what God has done. I hope you don't ever get over what God has done for you. And he's brought us into family. God never intended for us to live isolated from one another. He always has intended us to be together, together. And the one another's are just the glue that holds that together. It teaches how to relate to the body, how to relate to the ministry, how to get along with one another. My hope is in the coming weeks that you'll just fall in love with these one another's all the more. You know, they comprise our church covenant. The covenant that we make with one another. And saying, here's how we'll live in covenant with one another. And that's important. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. And if by God's great grace, if we do this right, and if this is something we adopt even more and more as a lifestyle, did you know that the world is looking for that? The world is looking for a community of faith that bodaciously loves one another that unashamedly cares for one another that puts their lives on the line for one another and when the world sees that they say wow wow! it's amazing to read some of the old historians from the first 100 years A.D. and the first 200 years A.D. as, as Secular historians write about the church and Roman historians who cared nothing for the faith write about these strange group of people called Christians that care not only for their own that are poor or destitute or naked or in need of food, but they care for ours just as much. Who are these people? You see, when we're busy loving one another and we're reaching out to this lost world, the world takes notice. They say, wow, what's driving these people? Why would they do that? Why would they be that way? That's exactly what God intended. Probably one of the most uh, phenomenal one another's is found in John chapter 13, 34 and 35. And that's where Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. In the exact same way that I have loved you, that you love one another. And by this, shall all men know that you are my disciples. Because you have this quality of love for one another. We think one another's aren't potent? I mean, this is, the, this is the prime one. This is the driving one. Paul picked up on it himself in 1 Thessalonians 3 when he said, may, may the Lord make you increase and abound in your love towards one another. Yes, one anothering. The context for one anothering is in the body of Christ in the church here's where we want another one another is in the church okay now now let me be clear we're to love all men but we relate differently to the lost world than we do to brothers and sisters in Christ and that's pivotal to understand I've had some disagreements with people about this (laughs) we are to love the lost but the focus and desire and the direction of that love is to bring them to faith in Christ. That's, that's why, and that's what drives that love. That deep sacrificial love that we might bestow, even upon lost people. It has a purpose, it has a drive, and that drive is to bring them to Christ. But the purpose and drive for when you love one another is in the church. That focus is to grow one another, encourage one another, and empower one another, and, and correct one another. All of those one another. You can't one another the waitress that you just met. Though you should be kind and generous to her. You don't one another your grandkids soccer coach. Though you need to be kind and understanding especially when he's not put in the game. All right. There are ways we are supposed to to respond to this lost world. But you don't want another people that you're not in covenant with. One anothering is done in covenant. The covenant of marriage, the covenant of family, and the covenant of church. That's where you do you one anothering. So we have a great responsibility to love our world and to witness to our world. But the one anothering is focused on the church. That's the way Jesus, that's the way Paul, that's the way Peter, that's the way John envisioned it and delivers it to us here today. One anothering grows in intensity as you move into closer proximity. Let me say that again. I don't say many things that are worth remembering. That might be one of them. Our one another's grow in intensity as we get closer in proximity, okay? This is why we can, we, we can love the universal church. We can love our brothers and sisters that are halfway around the world. But the closer you get to home, two things happen. <laughs> the harder brothers and sisters are to love, and the more desperately we need to love one another. And so you see, proximity governs the intensity. And the closer we are to one another, the more we're driven in our one another's Paul tells us that the difference is we are in this world but we're not of this world we're living in this world and, and you know we have to go buy groceries and we have to you know wear a mask and be careful for, for COVID and we have to do all the things that we have to do in this world but we don't live according to this world's value system we don't live according to this world's moral compass We live according to the worldview that Christ dictates and to the moral and ethics that He gives us. So we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We are uniquely, obviously different. Noticeably different in our worldview, in our values, in our attitudes, in our language. And it is that distinctiveness that's not to withdraw and to pull us into a tiny little hole and say, y'all stay out, we're over here in our little holy huddle. No, it's to create a desire. This world is longing for love. Longing for community. Longing for fellowship. The very things that we have to offer in the body of Christ. And so, what we're going to be focusing on Is one anothering one another, even when we can't be together together. Because we're better together. Now, here's the key. As we do this, it becomes subtly, but very obvious to the world around us. Can I give you a little something that's it's amazing to me? Um, We are told that we have become the aroma. Of Christ let me let, let me read that to you it's from 2nd Corinthians two fifteen. for you are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing your ability to smell is phenomenal it, it is it's just phenomenal and smells bring back memories smell brings back emotions it, it's, it's amazing what they do uh, some of you I've told that, that as I rode the school bus to uh, when I was real young, I think it was in second grade, I'm not real sure, but we had to go by the Merida Bread Factory. You could smell it a mile before you got there. As you drove by, oh, you take as big a breath as you could possibly hold on to but you could keep on smelling it a mile beyond. Even today, to smell bread baking takes me way back to riding on the school bus and smelling that bread. Paul says, look, in the world in which you're living, you have a distinct aroma, a distinct smell. When you're with a brother or sister in Christ and you're unburdening yourself and that person says, can I just pray for you a moment? that smells just like Jesus. Right here, one of His children offering to be Jesus for me right here. I smell, I smell my Lord Jesus right there. When, When you're hurting and you're weeping and somebody just comes and sits beside you, puts their arm around you and just cries with you, they don't have any wise things to say, they don't have any great platitudes that can make it all go away. They just sit there and hurt with you. Oh, that smells just like Jesus. That's the aroma of Christ. And the world smells it too. What is that? What is that delicious smell? And guess what you get to tell them? It's all about Jesus. You and I, when we're in this world... We get to bring to this world the aroma of our Lord Jesus Christ. We do that best together. We have to do it individually, but we do it best together. We do it in worship. We do it in fellowship. We do it in ministry. We do it in outreach. But we do it best together. Now, let me draw this together and and put, put a bow on this. We do church best together. We're better together we are at our best when we can be together. We are worshiping together when we're serving together. We need to be together, but herein is our dilemma: that there are some of you who need to be at home, and we agree with you. We agree with you. Right now, you're right where you need to be. You, you're at home where you're safe. And you're at home to where you can you can be comfortable, and you don't have to worry about maybe coming up on on some of these nasty, nasty germs right now. You're right where you need to be. And I know you're hurting. You want to be here. You want to be engaged in everything in the life of your church, just the way you've always been. This is tough. And so again, let me pledge to you our love and our commitment. And our devotion. We're going to bring as much of the life of First Baptist Church right into your home as we possibly can. And if we can serve you, your Sunday school classes, your deacons, your ministers are here in any way we can serve you. Just let us know there's a need. And the answer is yes, we want to do everything we can to meet that need. But this is just a temporary fix the very best media we can put out there is never a substitute for being together. It's a band-aid. It's a good band-aid. It helps us where we are right now. But it's no substitute for being together. So I'm saying this. Pray with me that this COVID will be over soon. Get well soon. And get yourself back in here so I can hug you, okay? That's what we're saying. You're where you need to be right now. Now, for those who feel the freedom to come and, and be together. I know you're wearing masks. You're washing up real good. You're keeping your distance. In a few minutes, as y'all walk out the door, we're going to fog this place down and wipe it all down for the next crew coming in. You, you feel a comfort being here. Thank you for entrusting us that way. We can't guarantee that you won't pick up a germ here, okay? There is, there's none of those guarantees that are out there. We have learned to say a prayer with Miss Debbie and, and we say it almost every day. Wash your hands and say your prayers because germs in Jesus are everywhere. So we, we, we make that prayer every day. We can't make a guarantee that you show up here and you won't catch something, all right? We hope you catch Jesus. but we'll Come home and catch something. But we're going to do everything in our power to make it a safe environment for you to be. And we thank you for, for you helping us in doing this as well because it takes it takes. A whole community. Now, let me speak not so much just to you, but others who may be listening right now. If you are not sick, if you're not being recommended to quarantine, you need to be here. You need to be here. We need you to be here. You need to be here. We're better together. And so, whatever it takes, it's time to get back together. If if you're not sick, if you're not immunocompromised, if you're not in one of these very special categories, it's time to get back together. It's time to come home. You know, the writer of Hebrews makes a very, very clear admonition that we need to hear. And it applies to where we are right now. It says, let us consider one another, there's one of them, let us consider one another to stir up love and good works, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the matter of some are, but exhorting one another, and so much more as we see the day approaching. This is a key time for us not to forsake being together. So let me just call the family home. Those who can be here, it's time to come home. And as we're studying these one-anothers, we're going to be asking, how can we one another one another when we can't be together together? And I'm asking not in a rhetorical sense, we're also listening for good ideas. You've got great ideas of how we can one another one another, even when we can't be together together. So Derek and I, Tony, the other ministers, we're going to be listening. We want you to give us ideas, send us emails or text or whatever about unique ways we can one another one another. Some of you are, are, have dear friends and family members in other churches and you got ideas from them. Hey, here's a good idea, how we can one another one another. We'll share it, okay? If they have, if they have copyright rights to it, we'll pay for it and share it. We, we, we want to be able to do the best job we can of one anothering one another. And this series is an invitation. Come help us know best how to one another, one another, even when we can't be together, together. And you'll learn how to say that eventually, I promise you. Let's pray. Father God, there is nothing... Let me put it this way. Father, there are very few things that energize my soul the way being with brothers and sisters does. Very few things challenge my spirit like being with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Very, very few things could bring me the pleasure of serving alongside my brothers and sisters in Christ. We're better together and this pandemic has driven a wedge to where we haven't been able to do that as much. It's not over. Father, we still need to be very careful. But we also need to not operate in fear. We need to operate in faith. Do everything that we're supposed to do to be safe and keep others safe. But get back together. And to one another and one another and especially those who can't be with us right now. Lord, will you give us the creative juices? Holy Spirit, will you help us to think outside the box? Think in ways that we can seriously love one another, care for one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, admonish one another, correct one another, all of the one another's. And we're going to make our covenant with one another fresh and anew. To be about living life together. Because we're better together. Father, there may be some that you'll call to the altar and just pray with us right now. Pray with us that that we will learn ways that we can be even better at one another and one another. Or specifically, some may want to come and just pray and say, Lord, I need you to help me get off of center. I've been looking out for me. I need to be thinking about the one another's. Will you give us the freedom to come to the altar and just to pray, just to pour out our heart? Lord, there are some here that maybe you've put it on their heart today that they're to unite with our fellowship here, to be a part of our church family here. Will you give them the encouragement in the next few moments as Ed leads us in this song to just come and sit on this front row and Let Derek or I come by and minister to them safely and and share with them the joy of being a part of our church family. Others may really want you to be their Savior and Lord and they really want to invite you to come in to their heart, to cleanse them and forgive them, to be the boss, the leader, the Lord of their lives. And they just don't know how. Will you encourage them to come? Have a seat here on our front row and let Derek or I, or one of the other ministers, come by and just just talk to them about how to receive you as their Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, this is your time. you called us together. We want to honor you by our faithfulness and by our obedience. So as Ed leads us in this song, Lord, will you release us from any inhibitions to do exactly what you've called us to do. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Will you stand, please?